in here. Okay, whatever. That's fine. Don't talk to me. Uh, hey, what's up? Hey, I'm excited uh, to be able to share with you guys today, and um, I don't take this opportunity lightly um, because uh, Mrs. Anderson reminded all of us yesterday that as teachers here, we have 18 weeks left to make an impact on your lives. And I don't know much. I'm still figuring a lot of things out, but this is what I do know, is that every single person who works at this school works here because one, God has called them, but two, because they believe in you, period. It has nothing to do with a paycheck or furthering our career or Whataburger wouldn't hire us. It's, we, we have this, this deep-rooted belief in each one of you and who God has designed you to be and who he's created you to be and in this epic story that he's writing. And so sometimes out of our love for you, we've got to write you up or or we've got to have a hard conversation or or we've got to hold you to a higher standard, but it's because we love you. See, when you love people, you look out for each other, right? And truly, you're all our little brothers and sisters in the Lord if you've so chosen to accept Christ into your heart. And that's a big deal. And and we have an obligation. We have a responsibility to not only model and exemplify for you how to walk this thing out, but also to pass the baton. Like, who's going to be the next Mr. Nichols or Coach Skelton or Mrs. Robinson? And, And it's not that we are the goal to be achieved, that we are the model. Christ is the model, but we have an obligation to empower you guys, to encourage you to rise up and be everything that God has called you to be. And you have the potential to rewrite the history books for God's kingdom. You have the potential to be so used by God that he actually shapes the course of history through this little life that you've been given and that you live. But it starts with everyday choices. It starts with everyday choices. And here's what I'm worried about for your generation. You're obsessed with yourselves. And and some of us older ones too, but we are obsessed with me, myself, and I. It's the selfie generation. I've read accounts where students your age will actually get up if the sunlight is just right in the room. You'll get up and you'll keep your pajama bottoms on, but you'll put on a cute top and, and you'll let the sun hit your face and and you'll snap the selfie because you're just dying for someone to see you. And what I'm saying is we see you. Right. Selfie or not. Right. But your generation is obsessed with yourself. And here's why that's a problem. Because who or what you're obsessed with besides Jesus Christ is an idol. And you will never be who God has called you to be. You will never live the life that God has called you to live if you can't get over yourself. You're obsessed with yourself. A lot of you make decisions every day based simply on what your peers will think of you. The pressure, the peer pressure. The the pressure to be in or to be cool or does this match or is someone going to like my hair today? Is someone going to laugh at my joke that I say out loud? And, And here's... 
uh, how I know this, I, I've, I, I see it every day here, but um, I've, I've worked with a lot of different youth over the years, and the, the obsession with self just keeps growing. For instance, for the last week, I have seen nothing but the little test on Instagram, right? And yes, I've participated, but which Disney character are you? And it has grown. It started with like, which Disney character are you? And now I've seen which friend's character are you? Uh, dumb meter, where there's like 53% on someone. I won't name any names. Uh, in 2020, I will be whatever. And, and this video just flashes, and then it lands. And so uh, Coach has got a... Can we flip that light back there, actually? So I actually... I tried to do this yesterday with some of the staff. Unfortunately, I couldn't get around to a lot of them. But some of them were like, what is happening? I won't name names. And some of them were like, what in the world? And then we've got one more for you. Uh, <laughs> you know, whether the shoe fits or not, now in Mr. Merriman's defense, I did do it three times with him, and literally three times in a row he came out as a princess. So I'll just leave that there. But we are in a constant rat race of defining ourselves and actually defining each other. But let me ask us this question. Who gave us that power? Did he? Let's unpack this a little bit. Uh, let's go back to the Israelites. Okay, Familiar story, Exodus chapter 3. God is rescuing them and he's going to take them into the promised land. But before this happens, before the Israelites actually cross the Red Sea, before God does all the plagues, God actually goes to Moses and he's like, yo, Moses, I need you to go lead the people. And Moses comes up with every excuse in the book, right? Uh, I have a stuttering problem. Uh, what will I say? Who sent me? My dog gave my homework. Whatever. Name the excuse Moses gave it. And every time God countered Moses' excuses with the truth. And so Moses finally says, I mean, this is a big order, right? You think you're... English test on Friday is a big deal. It's not. I assure you, God is telling Moses, you're going to go before one of the most powerful rulers on the planet and tell him to let my people go. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm signing up Hannah Robinson if God tells me to do something like that. I'm like, uh, Robinson wants to do it, right? And so Moses is like, but who, who do I say sent me? And it's fascinating God's reply. He says this in verse... Let's pick up in verse 14. This is chapter 3 of Exodus. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. <laughs> and he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. I want you to think in your head if you've ever said these words, I am ugly, I am slow, I am fat, I am lonely, I am unworthy, I am not worthy of love, I am a jerk, I am stupid, I am unwanted, I am forgotten, I am overlooked. I am crazy, I am depressed, I am anxious, I am worthless. Everyone says these things, right? Big deal, right? 
Everyone says it. Wrong. Because long before I am was a label that you used to identify yourself, it was the name of a holy God. Before you ever uttered the words, I am dumb, God said, I am that I am. So when you speak those words, you're actually not only speaking falsehood against yourself. The Bible says that your words have the power of life and death. Did you know you can never unspeak a word you've spoken? You make a purchase at a store, you can return it. Worst case scenario, you'll get store credit. You get a puppy, can't handle the puppy chewing, you can rehome it. Rehoming fee applies, right? Your words can never be taken out of your mouth once they've, once they've gone. Your words are powerful. And so when you and I say these things, when we say, I am dumb, you are not only speaking falsehood against yourself, but you are actually speaking that very thing against a very holy, very big God. Essentially, what you're saying is God is dumb. God is ugly. God is stupid. God is fat. Fill in the blank with whatever label you've created on yourself. God is lonely. God is not worthy of love. And the list goes on. Here's the problem. Number one, when we misspeak of ourselves, we are actually misspeaking of God himself. Who has the power and authority to define us? The creator or the created thing? Think about that. Who knows better, you or God? Yeah, right? The Bible says that God knows our hearts far better than we do. If you went home tonight and you got out your sketch pad and you drew a robotic or a cartoon something, let's say you drew a cartoon dog on your sketch pad, okay, because that's what you do and you're going to Instagram later so we can all see. And then that dog all of a sudden comes to life and says, Roof, I'm a cat. You'd be like, what the heck? No, you're not. You're a dog. I made you a dog, right? Like if you want a pet and you want to take a pet on the walk, you're not going to buy a goldfish, right? Uh because that would be disturbing your goldfish tied to a string and you walking down the street, right? If you want a pet that swims, you're not going to buy a dog, right? Can you imagine the fish tank, depending on your dog? That would be a little disturbing and a little messy. But who has the actual power and authority to define us? Us or God? God, he's the one that made us, right? With his hands. Where do you and I get off thinking that we can somehow define ourselves, that we somehow know better than the, than the God who actually made us? We're the only things that, we're the only created beings that he used his hands to, to form. I mean, was God telling a lie in Psalm 139 when he said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made? Did, did God lie? Do we have like a big lawsuit on our hands? Because I'm suing for like a sunrise. Like later in the day, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> but isn't that how you and I live all the time? We speak as though we know. We speak as though we're created when we're not. We're the created ones. So the first problem, when we misspeak of ourselves, we are actually misspeaking of God himself. Number two, when you and I don't know who we truly are, we cannot live the life we were meant and created to live. Would you take a goldfish on a walk? Would you take a hermit crab swimming? I had a hermit crab once, his name was Pork Chop. R.I.P. Pork Chop. Would royalty eat from the dumpster in an alley? Would God 
the star-breathing God create junk? No, he absolutely would not. But we live that way every day, don't we? We're so desperate for someone to see us and to love us that we wear these masks and we put on these, uh, uh, these fronts and we hide who we truly are because we're scared. But God sees you and he sees me and he sees us just as we are, flaws and are. And he says, man, I love you. I love you. Like I literally can't take my eyes off of you. Like I literally can't stop thinking about you. I love it when you talk to me and tell me about your day. I love it when you ask me for help on your homework because you don't understand. I love it when you tell me thank you for what I've given you. Like, like that is who God is, but you and I are so busy chasing after idols of self and being obsessed with me, myself, and I that we miss it the entire time. So then, who are we? Scripture is chock full of our, ident- of our identity, who we are. Today we will look at just a few, and I've got to move quick. John 1.12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Doesn't matter how your parents treat you or not, you're a child of God. Man, I'm a child of God. I'm a bank on that. Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Man, God is working on my behalf for good, because I am called according to his purpose. Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. I am forgiven. John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Romans 6, 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Genesis 1.27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. John 15.15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to God, made known to you, man, I'm a friend of God. Friend of God. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I have purpose. Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly, eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1.7, just kidding, Colossians 3.1-4, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Romans 8.37, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than a conqueror. That's who you are. 
Psalm 139, 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Who are you? Who am I? Who are we? I am a child of God. I am a called according to his purpose. I am forgiven. I am chosen and appointed to bear good fruit, fruit that will last. Translation, my life matters. I am redeemed. I am not a slave to sin. I am made in the image of God. I am known and I am seen. I'm a chosen people. I'm a royal priesthood, royalty, baby, right here. No Instagram filter needed. Royalty, that's who you and I are. I am God's special possession. I have been called out of darkness and into the light. I am loved just as I am. I am crucified with Christ. I live by faith in the Son of God. I am a friend of God. I am the handiwork of God. I am created in Christ Jesus to do good works. My life has purpose. I am a citizen of heaven. I am just passing through this tiny blue dot of a planet. When Christ appears, I will appear with him in glory. I am more than a conqueror in Jesus. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the head and not the tail. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. I have been grafted in and adopted into God's family. I am co-heirs with Christ. I am always on God's mind. My name is engraved on the palms of God's hand and spelled and pronounced correctly. God has great plans for me, plans to bless me and not to harm me. I am inseparable from the love of God. I am beautiful. I'm smart. This is who we are. And I'm sad that you and I waste all of our time on social media flipping through filter videos and giving that the power to define us. I know it's just for fun, but you know what? It's actually more than that. Because like on a seven hour bus trip, we'll spend all of our time doing that, but did you spend seven minutes in the word asking God to define who you were yesterday? Because the enemy of your soul, the devil, sure will take all of the time in the world to try and define you. But he, I assure you, does not have the power or the authority. That's to wake you up if you're not paying attention. me. Why do we spend more time allowing everyone else and everything else to define us except for the very one who created us? You want to be a world changer? You want to be a history maker? You want to be a powerful man of God? You want to be a cycle breaker in your family? You want to be a mighty woman of God? Then you better get your face right here real quick and throw everything else away that hinders that. For me, it was games on my phone. I love playing games on my phone. I just mindlessly check out. I do. And you know what? That had to go. Because this is everything. This is your guidebook and your map book and your love letter and, and, and your definition of who you are. And, and God is the only one who has the power and authority to truly tell you who you are. And just like you and I are called to walk by faith and not by sight, right? doesn't mean be dumb. It doesn't mean like walk in front of the car that's cruising down the street. Oh, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight of the seat of a car. That's a bad way to take a day off school. But so do you and I have to sometimes stand in front of that mirror. And speak by faith and not by sight. And look ourselves dead in the eyes. Man, Tara, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. That's uncomfortable. (laughs) But do it. 
try it. Whatever that thing on the list is that when I read it, you're like, nope, not me. Everyone else, not me. Then you go home tonight and you look yourself dead in the mirror, in the eye, and say that. And you speak by faith and not by sight because that is the truth. This is the truth and the reality of who you and I are. And everything else is a lie from the pits of hell. But only you have the choice to believe what you will believe. I'm going to pray and then we'll close out with a video. God, thank you for today. And thank you that only you have the power and authority to define us. God, thank you that you call us good and lovely and beautiful. And that we are overcomers. That we are mighty and victorious. That we are the head and not the tail. That we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That we are inseparable from your love, God. God, thank you for the incredible ways in which you designed us. I pray that you would let the the scales fall from our eyes, God. Help us to see the truth of who we really are in you, God, in Jesus.